Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Another edition of USDA Numbers out today. It's the May Supply and Demand Report that we're going to discuss today. Hey, welcome back. Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. And we are set uh, to bring on another CVA Grain Specialist today. Rachel Steffen is going to join us. Uh, May Wazdi today, first time that we see new crop supply and demand estimates from the USDA. Uh, supply information is pretty well known going in uh, based on prospective plantings and trendline yield assumptions. Uh, but never really know what the USDA is thinking on new crop demand. So we're going to get into that with Rachel um, here in just a little bit. But uh, hope this podcast finds everybody wrapping up planting. Uh, pretty good stretch of weather here in the Midwest uh, as we wrap that up. So uh, thanks for joining us. Rachel, uh, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Well, tell us a little bit about Rachel. Yeah, so um, I grew up in small town of Crofton, Nebraska, so about 40 miles north of here in Laurel. Uh, I grew up out in the country. Uh, my parents did not farm, but my grandparents, mom grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, my dad's side of the family did a little row crop and livestock, so no stranger to the ag world, um, grew up around it. I graduated high school and went off to Northeast Community College where I got basically an ag transfer degree. Went up to South Dakota State then and graduated with a bachelor's in animal science in 2014. Um, straight out of college, I landed a job with Agrex Incorporated. Um, they were building the Laurel facility and I became a merchandiser there when this uh, facility opened. Uh, so I merchandised for them six years, and then Central Valley Ag purchased the Laurel location um, about a year ago, and actually a year ago today would have been my first day as a CVA employee. So um, I have been buying grain for Central Valley Ag for right about a year. Now that's just a neat coincidence, Rachel, because you didn't plan that. But, no. uh, happy anniversary, by the way, while Thanks. we while we have you on. So yeah, Rachel, been a great addition. Uh, to our CVA team and and uh, always fun to introduce the people that we have on here. You get a chance to see the different backgrounds of individuals that we have and kind of a common thread uh, that we find with all our people is really a passion for agriculture and Rachel, you're no different. Uh, Rachel, you're also passionate about your local community. Uh, that's something, one of your personal interests is to be involved locally there in the, in the Laurel community. Um, how do you see CVA supporting uh, our local communities everywhere? Yeah, so like I like I said, I'm involved in a lot of different communities or committees, I should say, in town. Um, just to name a few, you know, teammates at the high school, and then I'm also co-president of the chamber in Laurel and um, part of the Laurel Volunteer Rescue Squad, and just being part of a different, you know, different uh, groups. Um, it gives you a good idea of the first of all the events going on in town. Um, the projects that are that are going on um, and what what the kids are involved in at school, what their interests are. Um, 
so when when people say you know supporting our businesses supporting local communities you you automatically your mind goes to um, monetary donations um, and not only do you know is monetary donations important but but cva um they're present they're present in the schools they're they're present with ffa you know just we got to go up to the ffa here in town and teach them about marketing and we actually gave them um, fake bushels if you want to call it to market um, and learn and so they're, they're uh, supportive in the education um, throughout the school and, and through the community. They're also supportive of the employees um, to be able to be a part of these uh, groups um, and these, these communities. So it's, it's very important, I think, as, as a business um, in a small town to uh, you know, allow your employees to be part of, a part of that community and actively throughout the week um, so that's, that's the cool thing, um, that I really like about CVA. Yeah, you certainly need that work-life balance and CVA has done a great job of working with employees on just that and, and being flexible with schedules. So yeah, good piece, Rachel. We haven't talked about that, uh, with anybody else on our show. So, uh, a great bit there to share. Um, hey, and if you have any more of those fake bushels that you could could share and we could turn those into real money. Uh, that'd, be a, <laughs> that'd be a neat business venture. So that would be cool. See if we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Rachel, glad to have you. Um, let's get into to today's numbers. Um, this grain market's been uh, really cranked up a notch, I would say, in the last two weeks as Brazilian weather uh, has gotten more intense in terms of, of uh, dryness. So that safrina corn crop's really been in trouble. Demand really has not abated. And uh, it really brought us into today's numbers. Like I said in the opening comments, this is the first time we see the new crop estimates from the USDA. Uh, but let's not forget about old crop. Let's start there on the corn side of things. Uh, today, we saw feed and residual get cut 5 million bushels. Uh, exports were bumped. Uh, 100 million bushels to 2.775. So that's a good acknowledgement by the USDA uh, as both sales and shipments continue to uh, best expectations here. Uh, no changes to ethanol today, though. That re remained at uh, 49.75, uh, where some were looking for that to go up. So uh, kind of the middle of the road here in terms of what the USDA acknowledged today. Carryout gets cut 95 million bushels. Uh, we're now at 1.257 billion uh, bushels for a carryout. Stocks to use goes down to 8.46%. So carryout getting tighter. USDA did acknowledge that. Um, on the old crop side, globally, uh, you know, Brazil, we mentioned is having some issues with their safrina crop. USDA did acknowledge that today they cut uh, the safrina or the total corn, excuse me, Brazilian estimate from 109 down to 102 million metric tons. So USDA did acknowledge that we've got some issues there. Uh, Chinese corn imports were bumped from 24 million metric tons to 26. Uh, so global tightening kind of taking place in various spots. You had some minor adjustments in other areas, but that pretty much summarizes your old crop adjustments from the USDA today. New crop side, first time we see that. They take perspective plantings at 91.1, trend line yield at 179.5. Uh, we kind of knew that coming in. Total demand uh, forecasted at 14.765 billion bushels, so a healthy number. So I'm thinking that that number needs to get bigger uh, as we go forward. So uh, carry out for new crop forecasted 
right out of the gate at 1.507 billion bushels and a stocks to use ratio of 10.2%. So lots of numbers. Uh, Rachel, can you simplify that for us? What are your takeaways from today's numbers? Yeah, no, I, I really think uh, on the ending stock side of things on the old crop corn, um, kind of expected. And I mean, I really thought that they were going to drop ending stocks a little bit at some point here. So that was kind of expected. The, the new crop ending stocks, you know, that 1.5 was a little bit higher than the average estimate. And I, I uh, was a little surprised to see it that high. Um, it, we do seem to have good um, export demand in, in China as we have seen some sales here um, the last couple of weeks. Um, but I do... Uh, I think it was expected, you know, the board closed down here a little bit um, to end the day, um, which how much how much of the last couple of weeks have been the funds kind of running around with with the market. So I definitely think that that the movement here was expected. Um, and I guess we'll see where we go here for the next 14 days. I mean, I think um, as we end the month of May, um, we continue to see this volatile this volatile trend. Um, we'll see some up days and some down days, I think. And I, I think we kind of continue this. Um, looking back at the new crop stuff, you know, in, in our area, we talk about the dry weather and how, how our weather, uh, we need some rain, we need some timely rain. Um, if we enter into somewhat of a weather market, which we feel like we've been trading kind of a weather market currently, but but as we get farther into the growing season, it just seems like we always tend to raise a corn crop of some sort. Um, we have irrigation. We have, um, I, I don't, I think we underestimate sometimes our seed quality and our genetics and our seed. Um, but it just seems unless we have an overall huge problem, we seem to always raise some corn. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we go forward. But, um, but yeah, I think we continue to see some of this volatility here in the market as we've been seeing the last week or so. Yeah, market, uh, a lot of participants, you alluded to a couple things there. Uh, the funds, um, the speculative interest in the marketplace, you know, position limits were expanded, I believe in March. Um, we, we really haven't seen that come in to play quite yet, but essentially what that means is, you know, speculative positions can be larger now than they were uh, just a few months ago. And so both directions, if the fund community wanted to, uh, you know, build a position with some conviction, they just have more firepower to do that now. So something we have to watch, you alluded to, you know, weather obviously being pretty important. You know, we, we kind of have the old crop situation sort of kind of figured out, feels like it's, it continues to tighten and gets tighter. Um, you know, so the market's going to be paying attention to weather pretty close. I mean, as you 1.5 billion bushel carry out for a start right out of the gate, you know, that yields at 179.5. That's not a layup. That's just uh, just a skosh off a record. So uh, that the corn balance sheet will remain interesting. And, and like you said, I think we have some volatility, both, you know, both up and down in store here for the next uh, 30 days. Anything that, uh, you know, producer wise, if you were to, you know, give our listeners you know, some advice or things to be thinking about here the next, you know, two, three weeks, Rachel, what would you share? Yeah, I mean, definitely as you're <clears throat> finishing up planting season, I mean, I, we got a few guys still going yet. Um, but once we start looking back here at the markets, I mean, reconfigure what, where you're at. I mean, where are you at on the old crop 
um, side of things and where are you at on the new crab side of things and um, also just kind of remember where we've been. We haven't seen values in the in in this area um, for a long time. I think I read the other day, you know, on the bean side of things, um, this is the first time we've been back to $16 be old old crop um, beans here um, since 12, 2012. And they had made a comment that we, you know, $16, we've seen that for 58 trading days. So, I mean, that's when you look at it at the grand scheme of things, that's, that's not very long. Um, so definitely be aware of where we're at and where we've been. And um, if we haven't made some sales where normally this time of year we have, um, we should probably be thinking about it pretty hard. Yeah, good. Good. Good advice. Take stock of where you're at when we're moving 50 cents to a dollar in a week. Uh, you can kind of get lulled to sleep and um, pay attention to what you're doing. Figure out what that farm average is uh, based on all your sales, not just not just one of them. Good stuff there, Rachel. Okay, let's let's talk about the bean market. Uh, let me get the right sheet pulled up here. So USDA largely punted today. Uh, no changes, old crop balance sheet. Uh, and I don't know that they could. We're already at pipeline status or even a little bit less. Uh, so no change to crush export. Seed and residual stays the same. Ending stocks remain at 120 million bushels. Stocks to use at 2.63%. Razor thin uh, ending stocks and really keeps us in a tight situation. If you go back to the prospective plantings report at the end of March, this was really the bullish surprise pretty much all the way around for corn and beans when you look at total acres, but especially soybeans at 87.6 million. You know, if we're only carrying in 120, that's just way too tight. Uh, but soybeans have not performed well relative to corn since that report, Rachel. And uh, if we were thinking that beans were going to steal acres, the price certainly didn't make that happen relative to corn. But uh, new crop balance sheet here today, uh, USDA gave us, you know, a total total crop size, you know, the, the 87.6, a yield of 50.8, which is trend line. Knew that coming in, but total demand of uh, 4.420 billion. Uh, they've got exports at 2.075. So that's down compared to this year, uh, crush up, you know, 35 million bushels from where we are currently. So thinking that, you know, Brazilian supplies are going to be just really large next year. They, they kind of forecasted that with a number that almost scares me. I don't even want to repeat it. 144 million metric tons is what they have on paper today. Argentina at 52. That's 196, folks. That's a massive number. Um, and I know it's just on paper today, but the acreage will certainly be there down south next year. Uh, so some big some big bean production numbers on the, on the horizon, but you boil it all down and the carryout forecasted for next year is at 140 million bushels domestically, and that's where we start. So uh, U.S. certainly has to have a good bean crop on those assumptions because uh, we're pretty much at pipeline status and we've just barely begun. So, Rachel, what are your thoughts on the soybean market? Yeah, um, I guess starting with the ending stocks, you know, I, I really figured um, for old crop ending stocks that they would have lowered that just a, just a skosh, if anything. Um, but keeping that the same, I guess, with those as tight as the stocks are this year, um, we're probably fine with that. And maybe that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, looking at, at the new crop stuff, again, um, kind of expected on, on the soybean side of things. Um, continue to see the board 
the board run, um, which I think is going to happen here, especially on the old crop side. Um, again, at weather market on the new crop side of things, um, beans are a little bit touchier. You know, the corn, it seems like we always raise something there. Beans are a little bit, little bit touchier. So if we have a, a big area that, that lacks some um, weather, we might have a little bit of an issue there. We'll see, but, but as you alluded to, um, I mean, those, when we're looking at uh, uh, South America as well, those are, those are big numbers. So um, again, we'll see what happens. I think we continue to see the board um, run, run crazy. Um, I, I'm still waiting for that down day. I'm still waiting for that little bit of a relaxation um, in the board, but um, with the old stuff, the way that it is, uh, the, the tightness of that, the stocks. Um, I think we see see the board stay strong on the old old crop side and basis stay stay steady to stronger there as well. And really an interesting situation. And we're, you know, we deal in the physical side of the market, just meaning we're, you know, we're buying cash grain, you know, as part of CBA and, and uh, merchandising those bushels, sending them where they need to go. Cash market's really been telling us that, you know, both corn and beans have been tight really for some time. I mean, yeah, I mean, you feel that in your area, Rachel? Mm -hmm. On the, on the soybeans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like on, on the corn or corn, definitely for old crop stuff. I mean, we are, we are oversold compared to the last five years on the beans. Definitely. I mean, I would say in our area, 95 to 98% of your old crop beans are sold. Um, and we're only in May. So, I mean, that last, you know, two to five percent has to leave here, you know, by next harvest time. And at this point, you know, those are kind of gambling stocks basis is going to have to pry those loose. Well, and the inverse in the market should certainly encourage those to move. <laughs> that yes, pretty, yes. That gets worse every day. We touched, uh, we went over two dollars today between uh, July futures and November. Uh, so if you're if you're a farmer and you're listening, you have absolutely zero incentive to hold on to those beans uh, past old crops. So be looking to get rid of those at some point. But uh, yeah, crazy stuff going on there. Uh, soybean demand pretty inelastic. It seems harder to kill soybean demand when compared to corn. Of course, you know Chinese uh, hog herd rebuilding over the last 18 months has really been a catalyst in what's gone on in corn and soybeans. Um, and certainly with ASF issues over there, it's kind of uh, pulled things back, at least for a time. But, uh, you know, the commodity market's certainly concerned about and making sure that we have, you know, good crops in the U.S. this year. So very good. Uh, you know, so thinking about soybeans, maybe old crop and new crop ratio, what are some ideas or thoughts you have for producers here over the next few weeks? Yeah, I, again, I mean, stay in, stay in contact with your grain specialist or whoever, whoever um, helps you market grain. I mean, um, the old crop prices, like I said earlier, I mean, we haven't seen $16 uh, on the old crop side or on beans in general um, since 2012. And so, again, remembering where we've been and where we're at today, if you have some left, like Luke said, there's a huge inverse. There's not really an incentive to carry those um, past harvest. And in your, your local grain specialist um, can help you help you keep track of that. But know where you want to be. I mean, and think about where we've sold beans in the past already, and also think about where we could sell them now. Um, when you when you sell sell beans at maybe sixteen dollars cash here, um, I mean you're 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 pulling that average up 
maybe some sales that you you made at a lower value up um, to help your bottom line. So just just keep that in mind and, and constantly refigure, constantly refigure um, kind of where you're at um, and what those averages look like. Um, it's It might not be quite as bad as maybe one might think. Well, that's a good segue, Rachel, and good advice as we kind of want to make this next point as we transition away from the reports. And, you know, we've talked a lot within our team about, you know, it almost feels like, well, I would say it's, it's pretty tangible. I mean, anxiety seems to be pretty high, I think in the marketing world. And that is both grain buyers, you know, marketing advisors and producers uh, when volatile times like this come about. And it seems like what we've been dealing with more so is producers who are just, um, you know, feeling a little bit crummy for making some of those early sales and watching this market continue to push higher. How, how do you deal with that? How do you keep a big picture view in mind um, and not get too tied to maybe one, one or two sales that you made, you know, a dollar ago or $2 ago? Sure. Yep. Um, I would say, you know, this, this uh, scenario has been the case here for, for quite a while. I mean, if, you know, when we went through 2020, I think on New, Year, New Year's, if it was maybe a late night show, they said the phrase of the year was you're on mute, you know, because we had, we had, um, everything was done over Zoom. We didn't have to do anything in person. And if I could pick a phrase for uh, the grain uh, marketing side of things, just over the last five months, even, um, I would say that phrase is I sold too soon. Um, I don't know how many people I've talked to in the, you know, just the last five months or even even late last year who said I sold too soon. And, you know, if we think about where we were last last uh, summertime, we went from sub three dollar old crop corn to now, you know, at harvest was probably about three fifty, three sixty. And so a lot of people, I mean, we gained a lot of bush or a lot of dollars uh, since in, in the price, you know, when we were desperate for just, just three, um, three dollars cash and you go then, you know, five months later to where we're at now and we're at, you know, seven dollars cash corn or more. And, and when we think about that price movement and what it has done kind of psychologically to the farmer, um, they really feel like they made a mistake and they, they did something wrong. And, you know, I've had many guys tell me it's it's harder to market at these higher prices versus just marketing um, when the when the board just stays flat. We may lose some one day, gain some one day, um, but we we stay somewhat flat, and it's easier to market. We don't think about that sale quite so hard. Um, and I know here at CVA we talk a lot about our marketing plans and staying and staying consistent, um, but. The hardest thing right now with prices so high is just overanalyzing that one sale or or maybe we overanalyze, maybe we finally pull the trigger, but then but then we critique ourselves and we get mad about how we how we made that decision and and we can't we can't be doing that when we got to look at everything as a as a as a whole big picture. Um, look at that $3 cash sale that we made last harvest time and then also look at you know, the $7 cash sale that we're making today. And where does that pull your average to? Um, you, you might not be sitting as bad as you think you are sitting. Um, so that's just the, the big thing, you know, in the last five months, how emotional everything has been for these guys. And, and um, I mean, we sympathize. We've, we've all gone through this, this time and it's been stressful to just kind of 
figure out where this thing is going, but, but we've also been here before, you know, um, if, if we had a marketing plan to, to market 30% of our bushels by May 1st or June 1st or whatever that date is, um, and we consistently do that, we're not making a bad decision because out of the not last five years, that works out for us. And even this year, it's working out for us. It's just, it's just moving so much faster. The market is just moving so much faster than we're used to. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but just trying not to think so hard on that one sale, but think of the whole picture, the whole crop that we've been working on. Yeah, I, I, just really well done, Rachel. I, I appreciate your thoughts on that because I, I know everybody's been struggling with that. You know, whether it's industry folks like ourselves, you know, and certainly the producer uh, first and foremost. So it is an emotional thing as you're as you're talking about your livelihood. But you know, the nice thing is, is we we feel this way. We're in a position to feel this way uh, because the market has rallied, and the market rallying is a good thing. Uh, for the producer who is naturally, who's the natural, you know, they're long, they're always long, the physical, if it's not this year's crop, it's next year's crop. Um, so what a great opportunity, I guess, to feel the anxiety, if I can, if I can say that, because it means that any unsold grain that you do have is now worth more than it was the day before. Um, at some point that will end, right? And uh, I would venture to guess there's going to be bushels unpriced because nobody sells 100% of their crop ahead of time. And uh, this last year is probably going to wound people a little bit to the point where I don't want to make those early sales because it hurt last year. Uh, but we do preach consistency because you can't predict uh, the market. You can't predict when those big moves happen, just like you can't predict when a hailstorm is going to you know, pass through your, your operation. You know, that's why you buy hail insurance and you probably buy it every year because you don't know when it's going to show up. Uh, so stay consistent in your approach in marketing, um, build that average, as Rachel said, it's that average price at the end of the year that pays your bills and produces income for your operation. Uh, it's not that one sale that you made at $4 and, and the market's now six. Um, what is the average? And are you building your balance sheet? Uh, is your, is your balance sheet, does it look better than it did the year before? Uh, are you improving things? Are you building equity? Those are all conversations that uh, try to keep this thing big picture and uh, not get too wrapped up and agonize over every, every decision. So uh, really, really good stuff there, Rachel. I know that's something that's weighed on a lot of people. Hopefully your comments can uh, refresh uh, both our producers and some industry folks and uh, help us make good decisions here over the next uh, 30 to 40 days. We've got an interesting stretch here. Usually uh, kind of the next really big one is going to be June 30th. Uh, we get a grain stocks report and that planted acreage report. Um, which is going to be a, as always, a very key day. Mm -hmm. So good stuff. Okay. So uh, we're going to, we're going to close this thing down, Rachel, just looking ahead, you know, what are, what are three things marketing steps farmers should be thinking about here as we uh, move through the rest of May? Yeah. Kind of um, touching on a few things, you know, that I already mentioned, but um, number one, you know, look at your old crop position. You know, what I kind of, you know, said my, my thoughts, you know, I think on the corn side, 75% of that's done. We're a little more heavily sold on the old crop side than, than most years, I would say. But where are you sitting as, you know, in, in your side of it? Do you have a lot, a lot left? Um, know where we are and know where we've been and, and look at the price you can get today and see where that pulls your average. And if you, if you do have um, a 
price in mind. Let's get it in there. Let's get it working and, and let's get, get something moved um, for, the, for the delivery month. You wanna move that grain. Secondly, um, look at the new crop side of things. If you're, if you're a producer that usually has 30 to 40% of your new crop corn or beans uh, marketed by uh, June 1st or May 1st, and you've only got 10% done because the market is just running, um, let's look at the numbers that you want to put in there. What, what do you want to get sold? Um, we need to stay somewhat, somewhat, uh, diligent on that. You know, if you can get, you know, just roughly 550 new crop corn and 1350 new crop beans, if we look at the last five years, would we be happy to have those prices? Most of us would say yes. So kind of having in the back of your mind where you want those values. Um, and let's get some target orders working or, or maybe make a few sale if we're behind um, normal. And then thirdly, um, just, just stay in touch with your grain specialist. I mean, we, we're here to help you. We're here to bounce questions off of. Um, we have tools in our toolbox and, and resources to answer those questions and, and to help, help you with your bottom line and, and to achieve your goals. So um, those would be my three steps, I suppose. Yes, uh, the the concept's very simple, the execution hard, as typically is the case in grain marketing. But Rachel, great, uh, great information. Appreciate your comments today. Uh, we're in the middle of wild ride here and uh, appreciate the good advice. That's Rachel Steffen, grain specialist out of our Laurel, Nebraska location. We're going to, that's going to do it for the May uh, grain exchange. Uh, join us in early June as we get an update on uh, the WASDE. That's going to be the old crop and uh, any new crop adjustments the USDA want to make before uh, we get to the end of June and really the big one with the planted acreage and quarterly stocks report. That's going to do it here. This is Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com slash grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe.